Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Locked On NHL. If you need more hockey news, Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, June 7th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. Go leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, good morning everyone. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. To start off the show here today, Over the weekend, we had a crazy finish at the 2021 World Championships over in Belarus. On Friday, the last thing I talked about was the two quarterfinal matchups that were set to take place on Saturday. Those two games were Lucas Reichel and Team Germany squaring off against Finland, and then Drew Camesso and Team USA versus Brandon Hagel, Brandon Peary, Nicholas Bodan, and Team Canada. And on Friday... I had predicted that Germany and the United States would be the winners of those two games leading into the gold medal matchup, but I wound up picking both of those wrong as Canada went on to upset the top team in the preliminaries in the United States 4-2 in their semifinal matchup on Saturday. Brandon Peary opened the scoring in that game to put Team Canada ahead 1-0. That was the lone point recorded by any Blackhawks player in that game, and then Andrew Mangiapane of the Calgary Flames, just been red hot for Team Canada. He joined the roster a little bit late in the tournament, but uh, as I said, he's been he's been on fire since he joined the Canadians. He wound up scoring two goals to lead the way offensively over the United States, and also have to give a lot of credit to Darcy Kemper in net for Team Canada. He was nothing short of phenomenal throughout uh, the entire matchup on Saturday. And (laughs) tough for the United States because just when it seemed like they finally had a leg up and uh, had the upper hand on Canada in an international tournament, they fall to their northern rivals 4-2 in the semifinals, coming up just short once again. They were looking for their gold medal, uh, their first gold medal, in this tournament since way back in 1933, but ultimately came up short once again. But for Team Canada, what a crazy run it's been for them. Starting off 0-3 in their first three games, they finished the preliminaries with a 3-3-1 record and barely qualified for the quarterfinals. And here they are, defeating the top team coming into the playoffs and advancing to the gold medal game where they took on Team Finland after the Finns managed to outlast Reichel and Team Germany in their semifinal matchup. That one, uh, that one wound up 
wrapping up as a 2-1 to one win for Finland. No points for Reichel once again in that contest. Uh, he also didn't add a point in Germany's 6-1 uh, to one loss in the bronze medal game to the United States. So Reichel finished up the world championships with 6 points, 2 goals, and 4 assists in his 9 games played. I was hoping that Germany could become the team of destiny this time around in the world championships after they got off to that uh, really strong start. They were at the top of the standings, I believe, through three or four games, uh, but definitely seemed like that blazing offense that we saw from them early on in the tournament really cooled off here in the crucial games down the stretch. Losing 2-1 to one in Finland, 2-1 uh, to one to Finland, excuse me, despite outshooting them 28-17. to 17. They just weren't able to get the puck past UC Okanura. The same exact thing happened to the Czech Republic in the quarterfinals. The dude was just unbelievable in that for Finland throughout this tournament. But in the gold medal game yesterday against Team Canada, it was one of the few times where Finland actually outshot their opponent but weren't able to keep the puck out of the net enough to come away with the win. And they were so close to coming away with back-to-back gold medals. They were up one to nothing uh, in the second period, up 2-1 to one once again late in the third. But credit to Team Canada because each and every time they were faced with adversity in this tournament, they responded. And they came away with an enormous come-from-behind victory here in the gold medal game. As I said, they barely scrapped their way into the playoffs in the first place, and they wind up taking home the gold medal after a 3-2 overtime win over Finland. Um, Adam Henrique was the one to tie the game up 2-2 with less than 8 minutes to go in the third period. That came on the power play after a bad tripping penalty by the Finns. And then an OT... Nick Paul winds up scoring the golden goal, assisted by Connor Brown, who wanted to be sure to mention he picked up assists on all three goals for Team Canada yesterday, and they wind up stealing the gold medal after a miraculous run from the bottom of the standings all the way back up to the top. And if you listen to the show in the last couple of weeks, ladies and gentlemen, then you know truly how crazy... Canada winning gold in this tournament is. I mean, I know it's Team Canada and notoriously, they're always the favorites seemingly in every international tournament. But as I said, they they started out 0-3. I believe they only had two goals in those first three games as well. I know it was a tough first couple of opponents for them to start the tournament, but they were right there next to Italy in the standings after two, uh, two, three, or four games. And I even went as far to say that, you know, this isn't your typical Team Canada that you usually see in the, in the international tourneys. But look at them go and prove me wrong. Congratulations to Team Canada, and most importantly, to the three Blackhawks players that took part in each and every game of the World Championships for their native country. Brandon Peary... He wound up with three goals and no assists in his 10 games played. Those three points led all Blackhawks players on Team Canada. And then Nicholas Bodan finished up with just one assist, which was that primary assist he recorded nearly two weeks ago now to set up Maxime Comtois at the start of the tournament. Bodan also finished as a minus four while playing mostly on Canada's third defensive pairing. Not a whole lot of minutes or... Uh, much of a role in this tournament for Bodan, but he'll take the gold medal, uh, obviously. And then Brandon Hagel, 
no points in 10 games played on the tournament. Um, I'm sure he played much more of a factor than the stat sheet indicates, but still, I, I expect more out of Hagel in a tournament like this. It's not like he was up against the best of the best or anything. The competition, without a doubt, is better at the NHL level. It was just kind of weird to see that um, he wasn't able to help out on the offensive side of things for Team Canada, but it was a lot of fun, you know, to see uh, all three of those guys celebrate their gold medal victories yesterday. I saw posts from both Hagel and Bodan on Twitter and Instagram, you know, pounding some beers, gold medals in their mouths and whatnot. I know they weren't exactly the most productive players on the roster for the tournament, only four points combined out of all three of them, but they still wound up dressing and taking part in each and every game of the World Championships, fighting hard for their country, the motherland that is Canada. So, one last time, congratulations to Brandon Hagel, Brandon Peary, Nicholas Bodan, and Team Canada for going on a miraculous run to come away with the gold medal at the 2021 IIHF World Championships. Alright, there are my final Blackhawks updates from the gold medal game and the semifinals at the World Championships. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to talk about five possible free agent options that the Blackhawks should target this offseason. But first, I need to talk to you all about Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for you just in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, so grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first 5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. I also need to talk to you all about Lucy Nicotine. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner alternative. Finally, a tobacco alternative that doesn't suck. Lucy has created a nicotine gum that's been researched and developed for over three years and comes in wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate flavors. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three other flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gum are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy right now. It's 2021, ladies and gentlemen. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your front door each month, and now you can get 20% off by going to lucy.co and using the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, one word in all caps. That's lucy.co with the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get 20% off your first order on all products. 
Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just finished up talking about all of the final updates from Team Canada taking home the gold medal at the 2021 World Championships. Moving on now, as we are now getting into uh, the month of June here and starting to head into the deeper part of the offseason, especially for a team, you know, that's not taking part in the Stanley Cup playoffs like the Chicago Blackhawks. I talked last week how I'm going to start getting into some of the NHL draft prospects that could become the newest members of the organization later on this summer. Well, I'm also going to start talking about some of my favorite free agent options for the Blackhawks this offseason as well. We've heard the news come out in the past couple weeks about Seth Jones, the defenseman of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who officially announced that he will be testing the free agent market after his contract expires next year. I do think, at least the Blackhawks, that they should be in the conversation kicking the tires on Jones. But if they want to go that route, then they have to make sure he's going to sign an extension with the club. They won't be giving up assets in a trade for just one year of Seth Jones during a rebuild. So that little um, th- that could make things a little bit more complicated there. But I do think the Blackhawks could be a suitor for a guy like Seth Jones. And that really brings me to the start of today's conversation on my favorite options for the Hawks in free agency. Because, look... I think we all know that the number one need for this Blackhawks team right now is they need a legitimate number one defenseman. Duncan Keith isn't that anymore at 37 years of age. He'll also be 38 by the time next season rolls around, so can't be leading the Blackhawks in ice time anymore. 16 seasons is long enough, Duncan. And then Connor Murphy, he's kind of taken the reins over for Keith, um, but Ultimately, he seems a little bit more like a 1B or a second-pairing defenseman, more so than a true number one for the Blackhawks. And then, with all the youngsters in the organization, only time will tell if any of them are going to be able to pan out that way, but at the moment, I gotta say, it's not looking all that promising that, you know, any of them are going to be that legitimate number one defenseman for this organization. I know it's still... A little bit too early to say that for some of these guys, especially for like Adam Boquist or Ian Mitchell. But there definitely are concerns there about each of their games. I mean, defensively, both of them are a little bit smaller and not sure they're going to be able to handle their own at that level in the NHL. And then also the aggressiveness offensively is kind of a question mark for those two guys as well. So for the Blackhawks... it's kind of a tough situation to be in because they either need to go out and get a younger veteran that can be a top-pairing guy, kind of like Murphy, you know, maybe 26, 27, 28 years old. Also another reason why Seth Jones could be appealing. He's still only 26, so, you know, makes sense for the fit that they need in their next wave of top-pairing defensemen. That's what they need to find. Or they could also go out and get a rental defenseman for the time being while they kind of wait and see how these young blue liners are going to pan out. So for me, the number one option for the Blackhawks this offseason, I think it would be smarter. I do believe they should kick the tires on Seth Jones if he's wanting to sign a contract extension here. But I think the best move for this Blackhawks team right now is waiting and seeing what these young guys are going to be in a couple years. But right now, they need help. They need to go out and get someone 
who can serve as a top-pairing defenseman, play alongside Connor Murphy, and kind of sure things up on the back end a little bit more than they are right now. And for me, that guy is Alec Martinez. We all know that Vegas is right up there against the salary cap for next season. They already had to fiddle their way around it plenty of times this year. So I would imagine that Martinez will not be returning to Vegas once again this offseason. And I know it's tough thinking about Martinez score that game winner in Game 7 of 2014, preventing the Blackhawks from three-peating their way to back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back Stanley Cups. I know it's a heartbreaker, and a lot of people probably don't want to see Martinez ever in a Blackhawks sweater, but he's a very solid defensive. Even for 33 years old, he is still playing some very solid hockey. Mark Lazarus of The Athletic actually just wrote all about Martinez's numbers this past season. Go check that out if you have an athletic subscription and want to know a little bit more about Martinez for ba- for Vegas this season. But I do feel like Martinez would be a very good guy to go out and get for the Blackhawks. Maybe, as I said, pair him along with Connor Murphy at the top for a couple of years and uh, kind of see what happens with all the prospects out there. Even if it's, you know... A one, it's probably going to be a one-year deal for Martinez, I'd assume, but even if it happens to be two, you know, him at 35 years old, he still should be more than serviceable, at worst, playing on the second pairing, and he also could become a trade piece in the final year of his contract as well if things do go that way, so I think Martinez would probably be a strong fit for what the Blackhawks need at this moment. Another name that stands out to me, though, Uh, probably on the top of the list of free agent defensemen, I'm going to put him right behind Martinez, is Adam Larson, the man the New Jersey Devils wound up trading to the Edmonton Oilers for Taylor Hall. It was a very lopsided deal at the time for sure, but now Larson actually has turned it around a bit in Edmonton, and he just put on arguably his best best season as a professional and really took that next step on the defensive side of things as well. Larson finished second in the NHL in shot blocks. He really took um took on a larger role defensively for Edmonton than he had throughout his career in the past. The defensive starts uh, th- that number was up a little bit higher. Um they just relied on him more and he really responded well in Edmonton this season. Not sure if uh, the Oilers' intention is to let him hit the market or not. You know, they have a lot of tough decisions that they need to be made after getting swept in the first round of the playoffs by the Winnipeg Jets. But if they do allow Larson to walk, I definitely think the Blackhawks should kick the tires around for a, a more than serviceable top four defensive. And he's also only 28 years old. He he doesn't do all that much offensively, but that's not what the Blackhawks need out of their blue liners right now. They have plenty of offensive potential from all their their young defensemen. So I think Alec Martinez and Adam Larson are two guys that would that would go uh, and help this team, and they would go a long way in bringing them on and shoring up the defense for the Blackhawks in the future. One other defenseman, one other name that stands out to me in this group, and I feel like he would be relatively cheap too, is Jamie Alexiak from the Dallas Stars, the six foot seven, big physical defenseman who... It seems like everywhere he goes, they win in the NHL. He was a big part of the Stars, making it to the finals last season. Uh, He's still only 28 years old, despite already having almost 10 NHL seasons under his belt. I think he would also be a strong addition 
to this Blackhawks defense. He's kind of like Nikita Zadorov, but I feel a bit more responsible and also just appears to be the better overall defender. He's already served as a top four guy for successful teams in the NHL. Can't really say the same for Nikita Zadorov. He's still a question mark, even though he's getting a little bit up there. So maybe not in terms of hits, but Alexiak, he can play that physical style that Zadorov brings as well. And for likely around $3 million or cheaper this offseason, if the Stars do wind up letting him walk, I, I think Alexiak would be another good guy to fit in here for Chicago. I think the top free agent defenseman options for the Blackhawks this season are Alec Martinez, Adam Larson, and Jamie Alexiak. As for the forwards and goaltenders, well, the Blackhawks, they're already pretty set in both of their those areas for next season. But if they do go out and want to add anyone in either of those departments, I don't see it happening for the goaltenders, but if they do want to go do that for the forward group, one guy I really would like to see them kick the tires on is Pierre-Edouard Belmar from the Colorado Avalanche. A couple of seasons ago, when Belmar was a free agent of the Vegas Golden Knights, he was someone I was really hoping that the Blackhawks would go after. Instead, they wound up uh, signing his teammate in Ryan Carpenter to a team-friendly three-year, $3 million deal, which, yeah, I mean, it's worked out nicely for both sides. Carpenter's been a decent fourth-liner since coming over, but a guy like Belmar is really where you go from good to great. I'm sure the Blackhawks, they're questioning whether or not they're in the right state of the rebuild to bring on a guy like Belmar. As I said, he's a guy that makes makes good teams great. I'm not sure if the Blackhawks, you know, if they're really going to be good enough for him to make a full-time impact. It was kind of like Marcus Kruger when he was here at the end of his run in Chicago. It just, he was still doing the same things that he was doing in the past, but they weren't as useful because the team overall just wasn't as good. So um, that's kind of the tough position for the Blackhawks. But if they do believe they can take some significant strides in the next couple of years and get closer to being back in the playoffs than a bottom six guy like Belmar, who's great defensively, he can do a little bit of everything else for a reasonable price. That's one guy I would personally like to see the organization go out and add, or at least the type of player I would like to see them add. Another player of that kind of style who's slated to be on the market this summer is Luke Glendening, a face-off wizard for the Detroit Red Wings in recent years. Again, no idea if Detroit is going to want to bring him back, but for around two million, two and a half, for a guy that can do it all in the bottom six, I feel like that's such a bargain for Glenn Denning. And the Blackhawks, they've been hurting in the faceoff dot lately. I know that the forward department is already enough of a logjam, but if they can find a way to bring on a guy like Belmar or Luke Glenn Denning this offseason for a reasonable price, I definitely feel like that's an opportunity they can't pass up regardless of what they feel like they already have on their current roster. All right, there are a couple of my top options for the Blackhawks and free agency this summer. Coming up in just a moment, it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like peanut butter, 
double chocolate, salted caramel, and now they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use our promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I just got done with some of the top options for the Blackhawks in free agency this summer. Now, to wrap things up on the show today is our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners live on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. The first question I want to answer today comes from Greggy Cruz, who emailed in the show asking, which of the Blackhawks do you expect the team not to resign in the offseason? Well, Greggy, taking a look at who the Blackhawks have listed as free agents this summer, not all that many at the NHL level at least, the forwards that need a new deal are Vinny Henestrosa, David Kampf, Adam Gaudette, Pia Suter, Zach Smith, and Alex Nylander. On defense, only Nikita Zadorov is needing a new deal. And then all three goaltenders, Kevin Lankinen, Colin Delia, and Malcolm Stillman, Malcolm Stillman, Malcolm Subban, excuse me, all three of them still have one year left on their current contract. So really, it's just the forward group where the Blackhawks have to make their toughest decisions. First, I do fully expect P.S. Suter to be back next year. Definitely think he showed enough as a rookie to earn another contract, probably a bridge deal. Two, three years, maybe a couple million dollars. Let that play out, and then we'll go from there. I also expect Alex Nylander to be back as well, not only because we've already heard Stan Bowman confirm that, but also because Nylander, he's still very young. He was a part he was part of a crucial trade for the Blackhawks, and he'll also be super cheap to bring back as an RFA due to his injury last season and because his numbers were a bit down in his first year with the Blackhawks. So <clears throat> Suter and Nylander, I do expect fully to be back. David Kampf is kind of uh, in a weird situation. Even if they do sign him, which I do expect, I think he could be an option for Seattle during the expansion draft later this summer. So that's kind of a scenario to look out for, but I do think they will give Camp a contract as an RFA. But as for Smith, Henestrosa, and Gaudette, well... First, we know that Zach Smith isn't going to be back. I don't even really know what happened to him this season. He just apparently never got healthy, even though the reports coming into training camp was that he was 100% healthy. Hockey's a weird sport, man. A lot gets just brushed off. Injuries don't have to be public. It's, it's all weird, but that whole situation happened with Smith. Don't expect him to be back next year. He spent the whole year on LTIR. He's not coming back. As for Henestrosa and Gaudette, it's tough. 
if I had to guess, with the forward department being such a tight squeeze right now, there's no way they could possibly have room for both Goddet and Henestrosa, in my opinion. I think they personally keep Henestrosa over Goddet if they had to choose one, though. So my gut tells me that Goddet will be let go this summer, and possibly, I mean, still even Vinny Henestrosa could be let go as well, just because it's that severe of a logjam that the Blackhawks already have at the forward position. As for Zadorov, with Riley Stillman here now, I do think it's questionable for him to return, but at the same time, one thing I think about with the Seattle expansion draft this summer is, do the Blackhawks really want to risk losing both Zadorov and Calvin DeHaan this offseason? Because if they let Zadorov walk, and then DeHaan gets taken by Seattle, now both of those guys are gone. And I'm not sure if the Blackhawks want to take that risk. So deep down, I do think they'll give Zadorov a contract as an RFA this summer, and then they'll just wait and see what happens, what Seattle decides to do in the expansion draft, whether it'll be Zadorov, DeHaan, Kampf, or someone else who the Blackhawks are forced to leave unprotected. The second question I wanted to answer here today comes from Benny Edwards, who emailed in the show asking, easy question, when is the next time the Chicago Blackhawks are making the playoffs? I miss watching this team play well into the summer. The million dollar question here, Benny. I know a lot of people are hoping that next year will be when the Blackhawks finally get back in playoff action, but honestly, I still think that's a little too soon from a team that's shown no signs of consistency since head coach Jeremy Carlton has taken over. I just think that with all the young pieces around, plus all the lapses defensively that seem to occur on a nightly basis still, this team just feels far away from being a playoff contender. The only reason they were even close this season is because they got outstanding goaltending through the first half of the season. And if they get great goaltending out of Kevin Lankinen once again next year, yeah, that's great but it also will only mask the problem for a little bit longer. Because right now, the issue with the Blackhawks, it all stems from the defensive side of things. They're getting outshot, outchanced, out high danger chanced essentially every night. And until that changes, I just don't see them being ready or being consistent enough to be postseason contenders. So sadly, Benny, I am going to say it's going to be either 2022-2023 or even 2023-2024 before the Chicago Blackhawks get back into the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, June 7th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by following Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, 
can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Black Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.